Welcome to the No More Mondays podcast, the show that inspires confident professionals by interviewing people who actually enjoy what they do for work. I'm your host, Angie Callen, and I welcome you to join me each week as I chat with founders, entrepreneurs, and employees who have figured out that special sauce, the magic, the mystery to having no more Mondays. Hey there, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the No More Mondays podcast. I am exceptionally excited for today's episode called Two Steps to the Sweet Spot. Acacia Fonte, today's guest. Not only is her name perfectly flowing, but she's an equally lovely human who is about to inspire you with an amazing career transition story that is sure to strike a nerve with many, especially career educators, thinking about shifting away from the classroom. We've got a little theme happening so far here on season three of No More Mondays, and that's really interviewing and talking with purpose-driven professionals, and Acacia is definitely one of them. She's leveraged her skills to gain experience in project management, content creation, and relationship management before she found her fit in the gritty startup world. After a few well-thought-out, strategic, and very intentional steps, Acacia is right in the middle of that startup space, and she is enjoying all of the energy and growth opportunities it provides at one of Colorado and EdTech's hottest employers, Guild Education. Please help give me a very warm welcome for a special friend and a special guest, Acacia. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Angie, for having me. I'm really excited to be here. And as you know, just such a fan of your work. Oh, thank you. And you and I have had such a kind of a fun journey together that has, has started at a very strange time and based on what's happened in the world for the last year and a half or so. But I, I was excited for you to come on the show because there is such a change in traditional education happening. And I know your story is going to resonate with people trying to figure out or just trying to find hope that it, that there is a future kind of beyond the traditional classroom. And before we get into kind of the backstory, I would love for you to just talk to us a little bit more about Guild. As I mentioned, this is a really hot employer. And I feel like every transitioning educator I work with, or even just people in Colorado, always have Guild on their radar. Um, it took us some time to get to get in there. And um, I want you to, to talk to me about the last few months of Guild. So tell us what you're up to. So Guild is very hot right now, uh, rightly so. And um, I started as an intern. So Guild has a really great um, internship program for students who are enrolled in school um, for a degree program or certificate course at an accredited university. And I just finished my master's degree um, in July. So I thought it was a perfect opportunity for me to get myself in the door at Guild while gaining some really great exposure um, to the organization as a whole, dipping my hands in a bunch of different pots. Um, And thankfully, the internship program is set up to track uh, participants into a full-time role. So once my internship was complete, I was actually offered the job as um, partner communications manager, which is the role I'm in now. Um, I've been in that role for about four months. And uh, essentially what I do is communications and engagement work with our academic partners. So those are all the universities, colleges, um, online classrooms, uh, and digital programs that we have in our marketplace here at Guild offer as programming to our students. And there's a reason, two steps to the sweet spot, as the title actually has two meanings for you, because it was two steps to the sweet spot of Guild, and then internally kind of that idea of two steps. And so it's thinking about like, what's the foot in the door of a place you really want to work at versus necessarily having to leap 
or wanting or trying to leap right to the, the perfect spot. This was an opportunity that, of course, had that idea of like, what happens if this doesn't work out as an internship, mm-hmm. but really played out in a good way and got you into a really desirable employer. Yeah, it did. Um, and I will say in full transparency, I had applied to several jobs at Guild before this internship and was rejected for all of them. And, you know, it's a competitive workspace. And so when I saw this opportunity, I thought it would be an easier way for me to stand out in the application pool. And that proved to be true. And, you know, whether a company has an internship program or not, there may be different sort of opportunities that someone can think through strategically to find where that opening is a little more wide for them rather than just shooting into the ether, their application. Just to clarify, you weren't even shooting into the ether. Some of those rejections even came with internal referrals. So when you're trying to work your way into these kind of like, I'm going to say larger or more desirable, very competitive employers, you got to really be open to working all the angles. Yes, a hundred percent. And that's true internally now that I'm there as well. You know, I've referred some people who've been rejected. And so my advice, if you're interested in Guild or really any other place of work is just keep at it. If it's something you're really mission aligned to or your values are aligned to it and you think is the right place for you to be. Um, I'm a huge believer in timing being right. And so sometimes the timing isn't always lined up to what I think is right, but it usually ends up playing out well in the end. Exactly. And what control do we have over that timing sometimes? And this is a really great point to kind of go back and say, what was the motivation or what was the thinking? Why was this the timing to make that transition out of the classroom? Like I mentioned, I would talk to a lot of teachers and it's a challenging decision. It's a hard transition. It didn't happen overnight. How did you get from the classroom to here? Well, I want to start by saying to any educator who's out there listening, it is not an easy decision. Um, People get into teaching because their hearts are in it and they're very student focused. Uh, And unfortunately, because our country doesn't place a lot of value on our public education system, there tends to be a culture of because employees are undervalued monetarily, they're overvalued or over-messaged about sort of being a hero in the workspace or all in it for kids. And if you leave, um, you know, you won't find fulfillment anywhere else, that sort of a thing. And so I remember frequently just being bombarded by that type of messaging and feeling a lot of guilt and stress around my desire to want to leave and break into something else. And ultimately, it just got to the point um, I was in a place that had a really not so great uh, workplace culture. And there were some events that took place that were just the cherry on top for me. Um, And so I reached out to Angie because I knew I was going to need help navigating that transition, particularly as an educator. You are so well poised for transferable skills uh, into a a myriad of roles, but it becomes really challenging to articulate that to people who've never worked in K-12. And so I leaned on Angie to help me through that process. Well, and on the flip side of that, I'll say that it's also very hard. Education is such a very specific, almost what I'm going to say, like isolated in a bubble industry. It's got a specific Mm -hmm. way you get into it. It's got a specific way of job searching. It has specific professional development. Like it's just a very kind of Institutionalized. Institutionalized is exactly the word. And so it's hard when you're in that institution to understand how you look or where you go outside of that institution. So it's not only figuring out 
how to translate those transferable skills to people outside that institution. It's almost defining them for yourself as a teacher as well. It is. And I also think in terms of defining for yourself, educators really have to define their self-worth outside of the classroom too, to get to a point where they want to make that leap and take some risks and explore what other opportunities are out there. It's it's that idea of like, I think you go, you become an educator for a reason and it doesn't mean you're any less committed or that you are kind of a meaningless person because you lost your ability to teach. It's not like you lost your heart for the students. It's just an industry that's very challenging to be in. Right. It is. And I actually just told, it's interesting that I'm on this podcast right now, again, speaking to timing, because I've had a lot of people um, reach out to me about teachers that I don't even know, just reach out to me on LinkedIn and say, Hey, how did you do it? Um, What advice can you give me? And so I'm so happy to be able to have this platform and give this advice because it's a lot to navigate um, and it's not easy. And we did it at a very interesting time because I believe the I reach out to Angie call was sometime in late January of 2020. Uh (laughs) Yeah. So, Angie, this is so funny. I tend to think of myself as highly strategic. I don't do anything. People actually read me as impulsive, but that's because I've been ruminating on a decision internally for a very long period of time. And then I act. And when I um, decided to hire you as my career coach, I thought to myself, January, 2020, this is going to be, you know, a new era, a great time to enter the job market. Um, (laughs) Theoretically, you were spot on, except... Except uh, COVID happened and in a way none of us could anticipate. And so actually it was right when Angie and I had um, finished kind of doing discovery around areas I wanted to jump into and into where I could really start applying. It was March of 2020, right yeah. when everything shut down, right when everything was extremely ambiguous. Um, so that was stressful. For sure. Yeah. For somebody who ruminates behind the scenes and then seemingly makes impulsive decisions, that definitely ups, uproots a whole lot of like internal strategy that was happening. Mm-hmm. And I love that you're willing to kind of like be really transparent and vulnerable about how this worked because it was, I mean, the, it was, it turned upside down, but ironically, your process almost worked out because of events that happened because of the pandemic. So let's talk about literally how this transition happened. Yes. Okay. So um, the pandemic happened and I was freaking out, um, truthfully. And what is really cool, though, from a community standpoint, I was super active on LinkedIn and had been discovering all these different avenues to network And there were a lot of great people online who were organizing spaces for people who'd been laid off, um, lost their job, or who were looking for a new job to gather and find work. And so a lot of that was organized around startups um, in the tech space um, who, you know, those groups were looking to hire people as well. And so it was sort of a mutually ambiguous situation for everyone involved. And I... um, decided to sign up for this virtual career fair from hosted by this person. I didn't know from Eve. And um, there was a company called Literal that 
really grabbed my attention. Um, it was an educational technology company that essentially turned books, um, their unabridged text into like a visual reading experience that looks a lot like and feels a lot like being on social media. And as an English teacher, I thought, oh my gosh, my kids don't read worth a lick. Maybe this would help some other classrooms. And so um, I jumped on that opportunity. Basically, all the companies at this career fair just did like a little pitch on what what they were and who they were looking to bring on. And so I reached out to the co-founders via email and just said, hey, super interested in what you've built. Would love to learn more. Here's my resume and cover letter. And uh, they got back to me the next day about it, it, just being impressed with my interest and and looking for to connect and see if we were a good fit for each other. And that led to the kind of the, the, the rest of the journey between there and Guild. That led to contract work that you got to do over the summer, which mm-hmm. led to kind of enough work to, to justify not going back to the classroom in the fall, yeah. which that was a tricky decision because of the contract. And, and that's what I always talk to teachers about is we got to you have to figure out how to kind of like thread that needle. And so there were some tough decisions in there, but it, in a nutshell, literal gave you the educational technology experience that combined with your traditional education experience really then became that second step into Guild's internship. Yeah, it was a great experience. I, to be honest, didn't even really have the language or understanding for what educational technology was, even though I was a classroom teacher. And so once I was exposed to this whole other industry and was able to dip my hands into the work a little bit, um, and I ended up spending a year with Literal, I felt like I learned three years worth of experience in my one year's time. And so once I saw the Guild opportunity, I felt well positioned enough to be able to articulate that growth and experience and professional development and use it to really um, showcase my talents at Guild. And I think this is just a really important message for job seekers of, of any kind or people looking to make that like pivot shift or bigger change. And that is sometimes it, requ- it requires an interim step whether that's an interim step to change your function, whether that's a middle step to change industries and get exposure. Sometimes two steps can lead to a better outcome than if you just try to take the the full leap at the beginning. And so this, and I'll also mention the networking piece really came into play here. So there were a lot of little strategies that kind of came together to really lead to a, a year long search process in a way mm-hmm. that led yeah. to now a good long-term growth opportunity for you. Yes. And I would say like, it was a stepping stone for me, but I don't want to diminish the value of my actual time at literal. You know, I spent a year there and I learned so much and that company was really good to me. And so my advice to people who are thinking about stepping out, um, particularly from the classroom into a new industry, is be willing to have an open mind and take some risks on maybe not finding the perfect position you eventually want to build your career from, but thinking more from a framework of what else do I have to learn? What can I learn to just broaden my skills? I'm going to shift gears, but this is related. One of the things that we're highlighting on this season of No More Mondays is kind of how mentorship has played a role in just our career paths and our professional development. And I I know this is something that's kind of personally important to you. So Mm -hmm. I would love to hear kind of how mentorship has come into play in your life and impacted this career trajectory that you're on. Uh, Mentorship has had a huge 
role in my life. Um, I'm actually in my first formal mentorship program right now at Guild, but I've had some really excellent informal mentors pretty much at every step of my adolescence through young adult life um, into where I am now. Um, And shout out to women. I would say they've all been really fierce, uh, strong, accomplished women who have really helped me recognize those same uh, traits in myself. And so it has been a huge part of my process of um, being a really accomplished classroom teacher, but also having the confidence to say, okay, I'm comfortable taking a little risk here, stepping out of the classroom and figuring out what's next for me and being okay with that because I am strong. I am confident. Um, people have done this before me. I've seen it. And so I need to you know, model it for the next person. And you said something that I think is really important to mentorship, and that is uh, seeking or surrounding yourself with mentors who have qualities or strengths that you either seek or lack because they will build those within you. I would just say it's something to be mindful of. You don't have to be in a formal mentorship program. Your mentor doesn't even have to be, you know, much older than you. And it's also an exchange. I think the best type of mentorship relationship is um, not just a give from the mentor, but also a give uh, from the mentee. You can learn from one another. I agree with that because I think that that really uh, speaks to kind of more organic mentorship. And there's Mm -hmm. formal mentorship programs like you're in at Guild in the workplace are amazing for like specific workplace. Organic mentorship can really be that two-way kind of like ecosystem of a relationship where you just have strengths to, to fill each other and, and it's very beneficial. And one of the things I would love for you to tell us, especially as a former teacher who's all, you guys are always very organized, um, how do you manage work and life, especially when you were in kind of very crazy small startup culture? What kind of routines and habits have you adopted to help as you've made this career transition? I totally pendulum Uh, swung myself from highly institutionalized, controlled atmosphere of the classroom where I was in control and the bell schedule ran um, the system. And then you were in the Wild West. (laughs) I was in the Wild West of remote work at home on a team of five um, who lived in different parts of the country and world. (laughs) So it was a huge adjustment. And one I'm still, frankly, working on because I spent more time in the classroom than I've been in tech. So it's something I'm still working on. But in terms of advice, I think uh, having a schedule that feels right to your workflow um, and blocked on your calendar, whether that's Google Calendar or whatever, can be really helpful. And I like to do that on Fridays or sometimes even midweek. I will look ahead at the next week and anticipate what sort of autonomous work I need to complete, what meetings I have. And I'll map out my calendar right then so that I know come Monday morning what's ahead of me. And then also something I had to learn the hard way is it's very easy in a remote workspace, which a lot of tech industry at least has a hybrid model now, um, to lose track of time and to just work all the time. 
um, and not really have boundaries around that. And so I would say treat your work day with the flexibility you need to do essential things like go to the doctor or take a walk, but also treat it like a traditional nine to five where you have some structure in place that you know at five o'clock or whatever it may be, you're closing down your computer and you're stepping away from work to enjoy your evening and the rest of your life. Speaking of kind of you as a person, what rounds you out? You have a lot of kind of passion projects and interests. So what are you up to when you're not working at Guild? I love being busy, um, which is also a blessing or a curse and something on a tangential uh, note I'm trying to work on and evaluate like, is my love of busyness something I'm proud of or is it something I need to sort of decentralize? Um, But I do. I love to stay busy. I love to be involved in a lot of different things. And I think it's why startup was such a good fit for me because I tend to get bored in stagnation. And so, um, you know, I I run an Airbnb. I have some side hustles, um, those types of things. I pretty much run my household because my partner's a medical student and has no time. So there's a lot on my plate. Um, Getting outside and going on a walk each day is a, is a miracle worker for my life. I know that I need sunshine and I need some sort of attachment to nature um, within my day before the sun sets again to keep me grounded. And so that's something I've really prioritized. We play a little game here on No More Mondays that always stresses very organized people who like to think about <laughs> answers in advance out, but it's going to be fun and it's not very like, they're not intimidating questions. So are you ready to dive into a little rapid fire? I am ready. Yes. It's also never very rapid, so don't worry. All right, here we go. (laughs) First question, hot dog or hamburger? Hot dog. Give us a favorite movie. It's a Wonderful Life. What's your most memorable travel destination? Well, without going into too much detail, my most memorable travel destinations were my college trips to Rocky Point that I would take with my friends. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I can hear a tone in the voice that says, we're not going to discuss any details there. (laughs) It It was fun. The next question I've been excited to ask you since the beginning, which is a great book recommendation. One book I recommend to every single person that I get the chance to is Just Mercy by Bryan Stevenson. So I think it's a great one to read as a human, as a citizen. Pick it up as soon as you can. And if you choose to indulge in a snack, what's your favorite junk food? Nachos. Oh, Keisha. Now, now I want to go to happy hour and have nachos and a margarita. <laughs> yes, please. That is like my happy place. I would love to ha- also have a great podcast recommendation. I have really been trying to learn a lot more about finances recently. So I really like the You Need a Budget podcast. I'm ambitious about growing my knowledge. And You Need a Budget is really great because... The longest episode there is, is maybe 45 minutes, but a lot of them are five, seven minute clips of just listener questions around all things finance. And of course, this is a show about Mondays. So what's the first word that comes to mind when I say Monday? Crisp. Oh, why? Because I had this image in my head of grabbing a new book and sitting down and opening it and the pages being really crisp and that new book smell and the joy and excitement, but also calmness that comes with that experience. And for me, where I'm at in my career right now, that's how I would describe a Monday is 
it's fresh and new. It is crisp, literally. Um, but there's some calmness to it. I feel like a new start, a re-energized motion forward for the week. I love the imagery that comes from the, the crisp pages of also why I still buy books because it, you just don't get the same thing from the Kindle. But I love yeah. the imagery that comes from that idea of like sitting down at the start of the week and during your morning routine, opening a new book and the smell of it and the feel of the pages. So uh, a really good kind of like vision in my mind of exactly what you mean by the word crisp. And as we just kind of start to wrap things up, I would love for you to let everybody know kind of how they can follow your journey. I, I love that you're active on LinkedIn. Let everybody know how to kind of find you and um, just continue to soak up the knowledge that you've gained through this career transition. Yeah. So number one, I actually stepped away from social media um, about six months ago intentionally and do not miss it. And so when I say social media, I'm talking the average social platform, Facebook, uh, Instagram, that sort of thing. So my accounts are active there, but don't expect to hear from me um, because I'm not on them. So please do connect with me on LinkedIn. That is a space I'm very active. It's a place I like to learn and grow and know about what's happening um, in different industries and connect with other people to help them or to ask them questions. So hopefully Angie, you can link my profile in there. I'm a big believer in, um, intentional connection. So what I mean by that is I don't have to know you personally to connect, but you know, is that connection going to benefit you in some tangible way or vice versa? Um, and if so, I'm really open to that. And yes, we're going to link you in the show notes. And also you can find Acacia connected to me on LinkedIn. And not only is everything you just said, very, a very great kind of perspective to have on just networking in general, but Acacia's done a great job of being a kind of thought leader and, in, and, and engaging a LinkedIn network as an employee versus an entrepreneur. So you can learn, like, just go visit Acacia on LinkedIn, check out what she's up to, because you've done a really great job of of, lever- of leveraging that platform and kind of having a presence there when sometimes people have a hard time doing that when they're employed and don't know what to, to post. So you've got some great examples people can yeah, learn from too. Thank you. Um, and I'm just for those who are maybe overwhelmed by that, I didn't have a LinkedIn until I decided to leave the classroom in January, 2020. So I just plugged in to deep dive, learned everything I could and had fun with it. And the fun really helped me, you know, stay connected to the goal. Yeah. And if you're a teacher and you want to connect with me, um, I get lots of people asking about how I made it out and it's very important for me to pay that information forward. So please don't hesitate. And as if you have not given educators and just anybody looking at making a career change enough great advice throughout this conversation, what if take us home, what is your biggest piece of wisdom to help our listeners get one step closer to a more enjoyable career? Listen to your gut. Um, and that's sort of countercultural in the world of business and the world of job searching. Um, you know, there's a lot of strategy and tactics that go into play there and those are important, but at the end of the day, I think intuition is incredibly undervalued. And sometimes we listen to other voices or rationality a little too much and we miss out on 
some really cool risks that lead to opportunity. You never know where you might land if you just follow your intuition. Acacia, thank you so much for being part of the show and the No More Mondays movement in a big, big way. Uh, it has been such a pleasure to kind of share your story with everybody. And I know it's going to inspire a lot of people who feel like change isn't possible, but you're a great example that it is. So thank you so much for being part of the show. Thank you so much for having me and just creating this space for people to learn. I think it's really valuable. You are so welcome. And a reminder, please go follow Acacia on LinkedIn, follow her journey and connect with her because we always love hearing from and following people who are enjoying what they do for work and in life. Acacia is definitely no exception. For those of you out there listening, I would love for you to subscribe to No More Mondays wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave us a five-star rating. It is a huge help as we continue to inspire confident professionals everywhere with these amazing stories. If you'd like to leave us comments, feedback, or drop a guest suggestion, visit us online at nomoremondays.info. Thanks for listening to this episode of No More Mondays. We hoped you grabbed some great insights to help you improve your professional satisfaction. Please visit us at Apple iTunes and give us a rating so we can continue to offer you awesome interviews and content each week. No More Mondays, new episodes drop every Wednesday. No More Mondays is brought to you by Career Benders Inc. in partnership with executive producer Jane Durkee. For more information about career coaching, resume writing, personal branding, recruiting, and entrepreneurship coaching services, visit our website at careerbenders.com. That's careerbenders, B as in boy, S as in Sam.com. This is your host, Angie Callen, signing off. Until next week, when we chat with another inspired, confident professional.